You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, episode 49. Netflix kills the Marvel Universe. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 49 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Patrick. Wow, 49, Brian. Yep. Knocking on 50's door. That'll mm-hmm. be next week. <laughs> and so, to get started, right as we were recording last week... <laughs> yes. The minute we recorded. <laughs> Netflix announced that they are canceling Daredevil. So we're not going to get a season four. Despite the fact that season four was already written and ready to go. Yeah. Of course, we've been talking about this for a while, and you had the best of hopes that this might show up on Disney+. Plus, and, you know, you're young enough that you st- you're still hopeful, <laughs> and I'm old enough and bitter enough to know the truth when it's coming, unfortunately. Of course, I've been doing a lot of reading, and there's been a lot of speculation. There's a source that a lot of people are saying is pretty credible, that they're saying that... Don't expect to see any of these shows on Disney+. And the reason for that is it's not a good tonal match for the other stuff that they're putting on the channel. Also, there's some issues with contracts that they don't want to carry them over. I don't know if it's a money issue because, well, this is Disney. I don't see how they wouldn't be able to afford. Right. Yeah, Jessica Jones is done shooting. And Punisher, they're finishing up. So they're going to be releasing one more season of Jessica Jones and one more season of Punisher. And I'm figuring after that, it's gone. That's it. Iron Fist, that's Luke Cage. That's Daredevil and Defenders. Yeah, the Defenders will be gone at that point. Really? There's been a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation as to why they're killing it. And we've talked about a lot Mm -hmm. of that. And I got to say, if the speculation is correct... Well, let me just put it to you this way. I know some people have in the past accused me of being a mindless Marvel fanboy. And I think the next few minutes of what I have to say will fix that. (laughs) Because I think this is a really bad move. Now, understandably, some of the Netflix stuff is uneven. It has its good points and it has its bad points. I don't buy this whole thing about that the actors are too expensive. Especially not for Disney, especially not when they're willing to spend hundreds of millions of dollars for the shows that they are producing. The other thing, too, is this idea that that the Netflix shows totally don't really match with Marvel, that those type of stories don't fit into the Marvel world. Well, the world I live in is called the Earth, and the stories that fit into that are all of them. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about the Netflix series was it wasn't exactly like what you see in the movies. Are they saying that it's just too dark? Is that what they're going with? I mean, yeah. especially with how the Avengers have been ending here lately. Yeah. That's not that far off. We ended on a very dark note. We're very optimistic about it. We've discussed it because we know that it has to go somewhere. Right. That Spider-Man has to have another movie. Right. So we, but it has taken a dark turn. Well, I tell you, a lot of what I enjoyed about the Netflix series was, again, that it did something that was different. And it gave me hope that in the Marvel Universe, we could see some different stories being told. That stories that you know were told in the comics, having that chance to develop them, it's going to be a real shame, I think, that we're losing the Netflix series. If for no other reason, Vincent D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk was one of the best villains in all of the Marvel cinematic 
slash television universe, uh, the Kingpin. Kingpin. Oh, okay, yeah. He uh, was incredible. Yeah. I loved what they did with that character. I'm going to hate to see this world fold up. There's a lot of speculation about what's happening. Nobody's really saying anything at this point. But what I have to say is that I think Marvel is making a huge mistake if they're getting rid of the Netflix shows, one, because of some petty civil war that they're having with the television division. That is. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, that's the worst reason to do anything. You know, war is hell, but business is business. You're just going to have to go over to HBO and look forward to Watchmen. Yeah. You'll be a DC fanboy then. Well, there you go. I'll be a DC <laughs> fanboy. But the other thing, too, is that I think the strength of Marvel is there's... And the strength of any kind of storytelling in comic books is that ability to tell all kinds of different stories. And I think if Disney Plus isn't going to be willing to do that, that's going to be a real knock against them. That's going to hurt them. Because, I mean, you look at DC Online, they're willing to do lighter fare as well as darker fare. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched it, but, you know, all the hype and videos that we see of Titans, it looks pretty dark. I haven't seen a lot of the DC Online shows. Although, friends of mine have. They've been raving about it. Really? You know, that's the weird thing. It's like, years ago, Marvel was the one who was taking the chances while DC was scared to step out. But it seems like on the TV side of things, Marvel's the one who's scared to take the chance. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking about this all through these podcasts about different shows and different movies. But if you're not willing to take chances, you're going to die on the vine. So, honestly, I'm hoping that a lot of this speculation doesn't come to pass, that we aren't seeing the end of these characters and these actors, because they certainly have a lot more story to tell. Sort of changing the subject here a little bit, but going back to DC being willing to take chances, one of the best examples of this are the shows on the CW. Oh, yeah. And when looking at CW shows back in the earliest days before it was the CW, and they had Buffy and Angel... And, you know, all these, like, shows, they had to hold a, I guess, the censorship of broadcasting to a broad audience. And, but they've done very well with it. I I have to admit, I don't watch any of the DC CW shows, uh, but I remember um, all the way back to Smallville when it was on. But I watched Buffy and I watched Supernatural. And so I know they can do good television and all these shows, Arrow, Supergirl, The Flash, they've lasted well, well over 100 episodes, so they have to be good. Yeah, and they're getting ready now to do a three-night special crossover event that starts Sunday. Oh, that is amazing. I wish, I wish I watched these shows now so that I could take part in that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a massive undertaking. Elseworlds is all these different universes where all these characters, where they live, and then other other dimensions. So you're going to have actors who are going to be playing multiple roles. They'll be playing different heroes. Wow. But here's the thing. That's awesome. The reach of this thing, from what I've been hearing about what this three-day event's going to turn into, is it's basically their telling of Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was a huge DC event that completely changed their storytelling world. Hmm. It was like all these worlds crashed together. Mm Mm-hmm. And some characters lived, some characters died, and you had this blending of the worlds. And it was a, like I said, it's probably when people think of DC storytelling, the one story that they think of more than anything else is Crisis on Infinite Earths. Hmm. And they're doing this on television. They're basically on CW, they're doing what Marvel did in movies with the Infinity War. And it is a huge event. I know a lot of people are excited to see it. 
there's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff. They're introducing new characters as well. We talked about Ruby Rose and mm-hmm. Batwoman. I've seen the pictures of her. She's amazing. She's like torn so, right out of the comics. I mean, she looks beautiful. dead on to the part. This is going to be world-changing for CW. Mm-hmm. This event, people have been looking forward to it a long time. And I think the excitement for the people who watch the CW and, and enjoy the DC shows on the CW, this event is going to be mind-blowing to the same level that Infinity War was. I know a lot of people are going to be really excited for Elseworlds. It's going to be a huge event. And I'm excited, and I'm not even a fan. <laughs> well, this is going to be an amazing three nights of television. for If you love the CW, if you love DC, yeah, watch DC take the chances that I kind of wish Marvel would in some aspects. CW, those Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> but we also, today... They dropped the second Captain Marvel trailer. That's right, they did. (laughs) So, not everything's bad in Marvel World. Let me fanboy a little bit, Mm because I loved that trailer. Loved, loved, loved. Oh, it's so exciting. And Nick Fury. Yeah. Just cannot wait. (laughs) Cannot wait. I love the way that he's so green, and the world's really new to him at this point. He's not the grizzled veteran that we're used to. He's getting his footing in some really strange things, and he's finding out that aliens are real. And all Samuel the- Jackson is so good at that. He oh, does yeah. such a, that naivete. He does such a good job at it. If you know anything about Captain America in the comics, there's a lot of great little Easter eggs in there, especially at the end where Nick Fury's sitting there petting the cat, and you're like, that's not a cat, Nick. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. Well, yeah. no, well, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's, it's an alien. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when you see him playing with the cat, you're like, oh, it's not a cat. It's not a cat. Stop. Stop scratching the alien under the chin. You're probably uh, annoying it. So what did you think when you saw it? I just got even more excited. I mean, I always was excited about the movie, but we're getting to see her powers. We're getting to see more of space and what that's going to be like. So I'm very excited, you know, much more. Finally got to really see the red, white, and blue uniform. Yeah. Uh, So getting excited. Those are all the things I get excited about. Yeah, and you're dealing with a character, obviously, one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe, and certainly one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this is going to be our last setup before Avengers 4, Mm -hmm. which we have seen nothing on at all. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess they're thinking, we got your money. We don't right. need advertising. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's bringing a lot of buzz. People are like, when are we going to get a trailer? And they're like, yeah, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait. Maybe we don't even get a trailer. Well, they've got to do some kind of a trailer. we got to see something. Throw us a bone. Let's see something. Is the trailer going to show up? I mean, it had to show up before. Maybe it'll, there'll be too many spoilers. Well, maybe. Well, I mean, they haven't even given us the title yet. That's how locked down they're keeping all this. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a lot of talk about, you know, they didn't want to give the title before the last Avengers movie because it would be a spoiler for something. But they still haven't given us anything. Mm-hmm. I got to think that it's, we're going to have to see a trailer before Captain Marvel that they're not going to reveal the the trailer at Captain Marvel. That's cutting it close because it's like a month, month and a half. Um, between Captain two- Marvel is March and... And I think Avengers is May, so yeah, you're probably mo- right. Yeah, a couple of months. March nineteenth. So. That sounds like something. Yeah, Marvel's being real coy about this, but obviously, Avengers four is going to be a huge deal because the Marvel Cinematic Universe at that point is going to change forever. I mean, we're probably going to lose characters, so who can say what's going to happen? But twenty nineteen <laughs> can't get here soon enough for me. 
And so let's talk a little bit of the Saturday Night Show's Doctor Who. And yeah, uh, that was a weird episode, was it not? Man, uh, <laughs> I was so angry at the reveal. Uh, <laughs> was, Were you? You weren't happy? I mean, really, uh, I get the... Uh, the villain in quotations, the universe, what they were wanting, they were lonely, but the dad who left his blind daughter alone in the woods, all village M. Night Shyamalan style, I guess the human in me just got really ticked off. That's <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny because when I saw the episode, what I compared it to is I said it looks like the three doctors meets the village. That's how I yes, saw it. Absolutely. That's exactly it. I have to keep you scared so you don't go out. Good Grief. Yeah, well, <laughs> what I, a dick. <laughs> well, this guy is definitely not in the running for father of the year. I mean, not only does he do that to his blind daughter, puts speakers out in the woods to make monster noises so she's scared to come out of the house. He does this to make sure she's safe while he's gone in a mirror universe. With his dead wife. With his dead wife. <sighs> oh, and she'll be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. this. Yeah, she'll be fine. That kind of ticked me off. I mean, I'm sure there's good story in there and great great Doctor Who-ness and everything, but I had a hard time getting past the dick who leaves his daughter in the woods yeah. to scare her. That was pretty messed mm-hmm. up. I mean, if it wasn't for Ribbons, I would say that he would probably be the most villainous of the characters. <laughs> then, of course, you've got the Void World. Yeah. You know, and this character, Ribbons, it looked like somebody's skin golem. And flesh-eating moths. You know, just recently there was that moth meme but this had to be written months ago before the moth meme happened. So, but man, did that, that was an interesting timing there. Definitely a, a creepy episode. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Even with having characters that you couldn't really sympathize with, the father, he needed attitude adjustment. Yeah, huge one, of all the villains throughout this season, I hate him the most. <laughs> Forget the villains. Yeah. They all seem to have some kind of reason for what they were doing. They this guy's just a jerk. This yeah. guy is just a jerk. Well, the other part of it that was really rough was, of course, Graham winds up in that mirror universe. Oh, yeah. And they drop grace on him. That's just, that was terrible. Yes. And they do. They feel like they're real, but they're not. And that's that's really heartbreaking. They were sentient, and they did think that they were real. They had the memories, and... I was shocked to find out that next week is the last episode of Doctor Who. I thought there was like two or three more. No. Got one more. I do have to say, I'm a little bit worried because with the fact that you don't have a through line mm-hmm. in these stories, how excited are you really to see the last one? There's no real questions that we've been wanting answered all through this series. And so I'm worried that this last episode is going to feel like just another episode and it's just going to kind of peter out. I would hope that you know the, there's something really exciting that's going to develop in the last episode. The only thing that I really know, and that was from watching the trailer, is that the Doctor hears a voice she recognizes. Mm-hmm. Yep. But no real explanation outside of that. I mean, usually the the season finale of Doctor Who, there's usually some big question that you've been waiting all these episodes for it to answer. And yeah, if you get, just get an episode, this feels like another episode. It's just maybe we'll get a mini cliffhanger. Well, that's that very we'll possible. Get that the- was one thing I was thinking about is that they might do a mini cliffhanger to get people excited about the New Year's mm-hmm. Day episode and give us something to... A two-parter. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that, that's very possible. I remember back in the David Tennant days, they did a Christmas episode and a New Year's episode, and the Christmas episode 
was the cliffhanger, the master race, if you remember. The master turned everyone on Earth mm-hmm. into a clone of himself. Yes. And that's how That was the Obama episode. <laughs> the o- exactly. And so maybe that's what they're going to do. They're going to give us a cliffhanger because they're doing New Year's Day. You know, that's just a few weeks away. It's Right. That's what I hope that they do. Although everybody says, ah, I hate cliffhangers. But just something to give us something to look forward to. Right. You kind of want cliffhangers. It makes you interested in watching the show. Right. If it's just another episode like everyone else that we've got, it's just going to be a a sour note to end this series on, Mm -hmm. where it's just going to feel like you just kind of cut it off. So, of course, Sunday we'll see it, and then next Geek Watch podcast we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. And so, before we um, end up today, of course, there wasn't an episode of Walking Dead, but I did want to spend a little bit of time with you talking about it, because we've had a week or two to digest everything that's been going on with the season so since you had time to think about it, how do you feel the season went? It's been a really good season. It does jump around a lot, but I'm personally okay with that. Some people may not. I was fine with it. I'm looking forward to it coming back. You know, there have been times when I'm just like, oh, I'm not looking forward to seeing Glenn die. I'm not looking forward to the governor or whatever. But this one, I'm looking forward to see where it's going. And we have this new threat now, and I want to see how they handle it and... We know that they've had peaceful-esque years, mm-hmm. um, our Walking Dead family. So we'll have to see how they deal with this challenge. Yeah. Well, for me, there were certain uh, things that they were going to have to take care of in this half season. One is that, of course, they would have to deal with characters that were leaving, especially Rick Grimes. And I think they handled that really well. And they certainly gave us something to look forward to with these movies. Obviously, the show suffers without Andrew Lincoln because I think with the show right now, all those groups are basically looking for leadership at this point. Um, Rick Grimes was a very powerful leader, which says a lot about the strength of a character like Rick Grimes, but it also says a lot about the strength of an actor like Andrew Lincoln. The show definitely misses him. And someone will need to step up and take the leadership role. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that needs to be Negan. But, I mean, like, we Somebody. talked about it all last year, about that might not be a bad idea. We were leaning, the hilltop was leaning toward Jesus. We obviously know what happened. You know, Michonne has Alexandria. Yeah. But we have all these other, we have hilltop, we have seaside, we have, it's a lot of important stuff going on. Yeah, and it seems like... From what we've seen so far that, you know, with all the colonies kind of going their own separate direction for whatever reason, and Michonne seemed to be the the biggest proponent for that, which is really strange because at the beginning of the season, she's she's wanting to create laws. She's wanting to put everything together. And Mm -hmm. something happened in those six years that completely changed her so that she did a 180 and decided, no, we need to just take care of our own. Which is probably why the sanctuary suffered as much as it did. And I kind of get the feeling that if there is anyone left at the sanctuary, they're hurting real bad. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of them left. Obviously, many people from the sanctuary went out as raiders and basically Mm -hmm. lived on the land because there was nothing at sanctuary left left for them. Mm -hmm. That they were better off living out in the wild. They do keep talking about this fair. And that makes sense because everyone would have... Something that the others wouldn't, you know, one would be much better at farming, one would be much better at blacksmithing. Yeah. Um, then they would come together and do their trading, much like like feudal era right. Earth. That's pretty much where we've gone back to. So the fair would be a 
great thing, which, you know, led to festivals around here. Well, right. everywhere. You know, here in West Virginia, we have the Buckwheat Festival. We have the Strawberry Festival that came about from people getting together and trading. And why Michonne would have a problem with that, I don't know. Going back to what the, I felt like the show needed to do this half season, like I said, they had to deal with people leaving. And, of course, you have Rick who's left, and I think they did that very well. Of course, you had Jesus dying, which was a great shock. But I think it was also handled pretty well. I think Maggie leaving, they mm. really dropped the ball on, unfortunately. Because I think the fact that Lauren Cohen is now in limbo because they don't know if she's coming back or not. I mean, if she doesn't come back, that character got the worst send-off of any yeah. of them. You know, if she doesn't come back, then they're going to kill her off screen, I guess. You know, mm. Georgie will show up and go, well, she died. It's going to be like the worst send-off ever. And it was really bad because the audience didn't really know that was her last episode. Rick's episode would be her last episode. And they were wondering, you know, when are we going to see her again? And it's like, oh, we're not going to see her again? And that, I know for a lot of the fans, they they thought that was pretty crappy. They yeah. were like, well, at least would like her to have had some kind of a send-off. See her silhouetted walking off. Yep. Or something. Carrying the baby. That would have been nice. Yeah. So, and of course... The main thing they definitely needed to do in the show was they needed to get people behind the new direction of the show now that you've got a new showrunner. And I think if you're going to bring a new showrunner in, having it at the same time that you're introducing the Whisperers, I think that was a good move. Because with this brand new threat who is different than anything else that you've ever seen in the show, I think that's a good stepping on place for a new showrunner to... To basically show her chops and to get people interested in the show again. I mean, this season, this half season, it was like the first time that they had changed the opening credits since the beginning of the show. Yeah. So they really wanted people to feel like we're seeing something new. And again, with the Whispers, people who aren't familiar with them in the comics, they are not ready. I mean, if you read the trades, everybody's saying, quote, you do not know what the death toll is going to look like when the Whisperers show up. Like I said, I don't want to go too much into the comics, but I can say that the Whisperers killing people, that's not the worst about what they do. Wow. Yeah, and we talked about the season finale of the fact that you see a herd of walkers, that's bad enough, but you don't know how many Whisperers might be there. And of course, they're very territorial. And so this next season in February... Apparently, we're going to see a lot more of the Whispers, or at least we're going to see what they're up to. And running into the Whispers in a situation where the different settlements are not really working together, I think that just because they're going to have to deal with the Whispers, they're going to have to come together. Otherwise, they're just going to get picked off one colony at a time. So that will probably be the impetus to bring them back together. But there's certainly a lot of questions that have been asked, like what in the world happened in those six years that broke everybody apart? Why is Daryl and Michonne both have these X-shaped mm -hmm. scars on their backs? What the heck happened? Why Daryl ran away from home because, you know, staying out there for six years looking for a dead body, that's, yeah, yeah that's obsessive. And then, of course, to ask the question, what the heck is Negan going to do? Right. Now, on Talking Dead, they did show a scene from next season. They show a scene where he's walking into a house in Alexandria, and he walks up, and the room is obviously Judith's room. And he looks up, and there's a crayon drawing on the wall that is Judith and Michonne and Rick and Carl. Oh. 
And underneath it says, they're with me always. And that's where they end the clip. Oh. And so <laughs> how all this is going to develop and how Negan's character, of course, he's been in prison for six years at this point. Well, more than that, because he was in, he was put in prison before the beginning. So it's probably right. like seven, maybe mm-hmm. seven or eight years. I think it was two years between when the saviors were defeated and when the season started. So eight years of being locked down in that basement. Mm-hmm. Without but, Lucille. Yeah, does he get Lucille back? That's a good question. And I think the fans would be upset if he didn't. Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily wanting to see the old Negan come back, but I'm definitely interested in seeing how the years have changed Negan and see how that character develops. Because a lot of people who read the comics, they know that Negan as a character, over the course of the comics, changes, and you begin to understand that character a lot more. And... Maybe within the next season or two, we might see some of that. But obviously, there's a a lot of questions to be answered yet, and a lot of things um, that I'm going to be interested to see come February when the show comes back on the air. And so I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. And so with that said, we come to the end of Episode 49. Thank you for listening, and tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch Podcast. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher, reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.